Welcome to this edition of Morgan the Asked For Podcast. A little bit earlier this week, uh, just uh, with uh, work schedules and everything, uh, it is Monday night. It's actually during Monday night football here. Uh, we're going to talk uh, college football first, then we'll get to the NFL. Uh, but just knowing that it is Monday night, uh, this game's not over yet. Packers just took a uh, 28-17 lead. Uh, Jones scored his second touchdown of the night, I believe, second or third. And uh, uh, Packers look like they're going going to win this game. But uh, so, you know, speaking of next week and, and spreads and everything, we're probably not going to get into that as much as we usually do. Uh, college, not as much either. Iowa State both with wins rather easily and kind of what they should have been. Um, you know, I'm just going to kind of get a start here. Iowa State goes out to Las Vegas, 48 to three. Um, I saw a stat tonight, which is actually very interesting, that Iowa State gained 90% of the yardage that was available to them in the game. That's really, that's, they said that, that was the second highest all time uh, of a Matt Campbell coach team at Iowa State last year against uh, Kansas State. They won 45 to nothing and they averaged like 96% of their yards. So the offense came alive. Now, I'll be completely honest, it doesn't matter because UNLV is one bad football team. I really think you and I is better than them and three quarterbacks played their quarterback that started for them had never taken a college snap. Um, so, but Iowa state did what they needed to do. They were the field they needed to get right. It was a get right game. It was just get back. Uh, looked like they were having more fun. Um, I think, you know, just coaches, players, everybody, you know, like we talked about the moment was too big for them. The Iowa game. Well, the, the loss may be the best thing that ever happened to them. Uh, they can all relax. You know, they're not talked about, you know, every, you know, Saturday morning on game day and they're not in every article in the face of CBS sports or ESPN or Yahoo. It doesn't matter. They're not the, the talk of college football now. So now they're, you know, they're still only ranked 14th, which, and they have everything out in front of them. They will be just fine if they continue to win and they have to win. Uh, but you know, all the pressure's off of them now a little bit. And, and I think that showed on Saturday night. Um, but a big game this week at Baylor. Uh, it's going to be about 90 degrees, so it's going to be hot again. And uh, we'll see. And, and to open up uh, Big 12 play and to get to that Big 12 title game and win a Big 12 championship, they've got to win this one. For either team, it was big to just have a nice week off, so to speak, a, a W that you could kind of circle in. You know you're probably going to win the game. Good for both teams. Iowa State, you know, they lost the game, so this was good for them. They got to play down in the new Raiders stadium, which we talked about last week, which I think is really cool. I, I didn't get to see much of the game. I watched a couple drives. Yep. But this, you know, I don't know a lot about UNLV. I figure they probably not a very good team. They're they're bad. Okay, just, so they're, they're not I say what they need to do and just, you're right, take a – just get back on track, get out of the media limelight, I guess you'd call it, for both teams. So good for Iowa State. And you said they've got Baylor. I don't know much about Baylor this year. They're 3-0. They game, played so. three not very good teams. Um, but, you know, it's on the road. It's uh, first Big 12 game. And uh, Iowa State comes out as like a seven-point favorite. Um, they should win, but uh, it's on the road. And like, you know, some people were talking about today, I was listening you know, Iowa State didn't get back to Ames till 6 a.m. Saturday morning or Sunday morning. And so you're going to let the players sleep and everything. And I don't know what time. I know usually they have them come in on Sunday. I don't know what they did for sure just because, you know, usually 
You know, you get home at home. Well, let's, let's use last week's game against Iowa. You're, the game's done at 8 o'clock. You send them home. You might have them come in at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning, probably no later than 10. Um, obviously, you're not doing that when you don't get even get home till 6. Um, but and then, you know, uh, going all the way down, it's, you know, you're flying. It's not a big deal to fly to Waco. Um, you know, I don't can't remember where we flew into. I don't know if we didn't fly in into a big airport, not to like Houston or whatever. Uh, but we don't stay in Waco because Waco's, if you've ever been there, it's not really that big a town, city. Um, and the hotels aren't right there or the big hotels like a football team needs uh, with meeting rooms and buffets and everything else like that. So I know they stay. I believe we stayed in Temple, Texas, um, and they may stay somewhere else now. But I, I, Brent Bloom said they stay about an hour away, which makes sense um, just because they don't try, you know, just like. Iowa for a long time stayed up in Cedar Rapids before a game. Um, I know Iowa, Iowa stays in Ankeny when they play Iowa State. Some teams stay down in that, that's downtown Marriott and then drive up to Ames and play. And like when Iowa State played at Nebraska, they stayed in Omaha. You know, when they play um, Kansas, they stay in like Olathe or one of those, the western suburbs of Kansas City. They don't actually stay in the towns right there. Uh, so it is you know, it's going to be kind of a quick turnaround. So that's kind of a, you know, it's not easy and, and it's not all right there. So that's the only thing, but if they come out and play, um, statistics, you know, this is going to get some people fired up, especially in our chat when I say this, but I did read that statistically saying Iowa state does have the best defense in the country and only allowing like 192 yards a game, uh, and, you know, their, their defense will keep them in every game. As long as their offense goes, they'll, uh, they should still win a lot of football games this year. We spoke about this last week. Campbell's brought that sort of Big Ten mentality mm -hmm. to the Big 12, a combination of it, I guess. you got to have some explosive offense, hopefully. But he wanted to bring a, a good defense into that conference. And for the most part, it's paid off. And I, I did see that, that they're, they're one of the best defenses in the nation, too. So he, he's got the right idea, I think. Of a, of a combination of try to play some defense in the big 12 rather than just getting in shootouts every week, because Iowa state, you know, in programs like that, they're not typically going to get the athletes that Oklahoma or Texas can get or even Oklahoma state, uh, those other schools. So slow the game down, make it more of a fist fight. You're going to get those Midwest Iowa type guys in the trenches on, on defense and, so I, I think he's got the right idea, and you're right. I mean, they so far they're they're one of the best defenses in in college football, and I assume it'll last because so far under Campbell it has. Yeah, they just keep getting better, and better, and you know he grew up in Ohio, um, you know, so he's a a Big Ten Midwest guy, and his coaching staff is mainly from Ohio, so that's how they want to play. Um, so that's not going to change, um, and he you know a lot of his players are from Ohio. You know, David Montgomery is from Ohio. Mike Rose is from Ohio. You know, now Breeze Hall is from Wichita. Um, you know, so actually that's not very far from Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, Kansas and Kansas State. So they kind of beat those guys out for him. Uh, but, uh, you know, just he, 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 one of his things was he wanted to be the Midwest option for the Big 12. Going forward, that's going to change a little bit because Cincinnati's joining it. Uh, and Cincinnati's right uh, where he wants to recruit and, and everything else like that. So that may change it a little bit, but 
it will be all right. And, uh, you know, really, um, you know, like we talked about uh, third straight game where they played in a uh, NFL stadium. I heard the stadium was awesome. There's like 25,000 Iowa State fans there. Um, I, I saw the thing, too, where uh, it was the seventh largest crowd ever for a UNLV football game. Well, it's, it was like 35,000 people. Well, 25,000 of it was Iowa State. You know, it's just kind of funny. Um, and and it's just yeah, a huge a upgrade. Raiders, people going to Las Vegas now to well, – Yeah, that's what – I mean, that's what, yeah, that's what they said. You know, and, and there's going to be some people that just randomly go there um, to watch a game, you know, like probably more so the Raiders than than, a, than UNLV. But, you know, and you know if, if – say USC or somebody like that would go there and play, which they're going to be more likely to do that now where you're playing in that stadium. Um, when I was at Iowa state in 1999, we played there and the stadium was kind of, I mean, it was okay, but it was way off the strip. It was, I don't know. I couldn't tell you exactly where it was, but it wasn't even close to um, the strip or even the, the university, which isn't too far from the strip. Um, it was way off in, I don't know, a suburb or something. And so it's just good to have it there on the strip. You know, it's right across the road from Vandalay Bay. And, and so, but it just a uh, great environment. Essentially, it was like a bowl game for Iowa State fans. And like Jamie Pollard said, they needed that because, you know, the team and everything had the bowl game last year in Phoenix, uh, but the fans did not. Uh, so this, this was their bowl game for last year. Iowa State, they're their, they're the first uh, Vegas bowl game kind of deal that, like you said, that last year there wasn't fans. This year there is, so they got to be the first to experience it. And whether it's NFL, college, or whatever's going on, Vegas is going to be a hot spot now because they've got that stadium. They're going to host a bowl game every year now, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it should, I mean before too, but now now it's a destination type of game. Well, I think they're going to be able to, you know, it's always been kind of a joke the Las Vegas Bowl. It's always been there, and it's a nice weather, and it's a so it's always going to have a bowl. But I don't know how all this is going to shake out and everything changes. But the the profile of that bowl can go way up. I mean that that stadium's as good as there is. I mean it, they could host a national championship game. I mean, I'm they're just telling you, right? On schedule. I don't know off top of right. head, but they probably are. I mean, I, I don't, you know, because, yes, like the other bowl games are all in it, but the national championship game is the national championship game. Now, it's usually been played in, you know, the Fiesta Bowl place or the Rose Bowl place, or, but there's nothing, you know, it's a domed in, so it doesn't, and obviously it's in the desert. They could play it, you know, it'd be fine, but it's a dome stadium. You know, they could play the national championship game there and be just fine. I'm sure they will. They they're already going to get a Super Bowl, the NFL yep. draft. So, yeah, I, I definitely I think someday there's going to be a national championship game there. I don't think that's too crazy to think <laughs> that's probably going to happen. So, that's cool for Iowa State fans to get. Hopefully, I would assume a cheap flight down there wherever you stay at, and then get to go to a game in that new stadium, which is really awesome. Yeah, it, it ended up not being cheap. Uh, they figured it out and they jacked up all the prices, but. Well, that might happen for the next few years or just forever because yeah. obviously last year Vegas lost out a lot of money, the town in general. But yeah, it does sound good. I, I've heard a lot of people say that flights to Vegas are cheap, and I think from a lot of places they are. But you know, Iowa might be one of those places or or others that. The well, I think it is. I think if I wanted to fly out today, it would be just fine. But just they figured out for that trip that weekend. Yeah, that weekend and and they you know they usually they only fly like on Thursdays and Mondays and they added flights and 
and yeah, it was just, it took advantage, which I can't blame anybody. And that's, that's the way it goes. And, uh, but that's really enough about Iowa state, Iowa, just kind of, you know, it was, it was closer than I thought it would be for a while. I did not watch the game. It's kind of looking back and saw highlights and listened to kind of some post-game stuff when I was driving back uh, from Creston, uh, but closer. But then, you know, they had an Iowa drive, 95 yards off after the fumble. So this is a huge swing, 95 yards for a touchdown, uh, 20 plays, 95 yards, just essentially sealed it up. And then, uh, you know, with the, I think final score was 30 to seven. Um just doing what they needed to do. They've got Colorado State coming up with obviously that first week being the Big Ten game. They've got another week of should be able to win another 22, 23-point favorite. Uh, so they get another uh, get, uh, get, get well or just uh, a game they should win with ease. You hope, a cupcake game. And yep. Yeah, they, Iowa did have that 95-20 play. I think it was nine minutes, maybe 10. Yeah, I mean, it was a, yeah. So that, that's part of the reason for the 30 to seven score mm -hmm. that may be a little bit closer. Again, the offense, it was a typical Kirk Ferris game. You know, you have a great defense, great special teams. Hopefully you don't make mistakes on offense. Iowa did have Martin did have a couple fumbles, lost one. But again, the Iowa defense had a safety. Kent State in the third quarter, I think it was, was just inches away from scoring a touchdown, running back fumbles, Iowa recovers. Iowa defense had seven sacks in the game. Goodson, 150 plus yards, three touchdowns. So it, you know, there was eight penalties for Iowa. A few more penalties I'd like to see, but it was just an old-fashioned Kirk Ferentz game. We, you know, you got the better team, play it safe for the most part, and yep. you know, go get the W. It's, it's not the style points that some programs nope. would like to have, but that's we've known that for 20 years here. So yep. your your, fa your favorite guys on Monday Night Football, I'm watching. I'm not, I'm, I'm not listening to it obviously now, but it's on, but the Peyton and Eli version of it and McAfee's on there. So I have no idea what he's saying, but. It oh, I, well, I did. I saw he was going to be on there and then they had Gronk. They had Gronk and then Brett, Brett Favre too. Yeah. So, I didn't, I didn't get to see how I'll, I'll probably get on YouTube tomorrow or something, whenever I get yeah. a chance. McAfee, he'll have something good to say. <laughs> he's hilarious. And he's a, uh, speaking of the game that's on right now, it, I don't know if he created it, but I think the show might have uh, Dan Campbell there. Yeah. The Lions head coach, they call him MCDC, Motor <laughs> City Dan Campbell. So they're selling T-shirts and everything. It's the Lions, you know, not to get too far off topic, but they they look pretty good until the last about five or six minutes, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was 17 to 21. And, uh, yeah, that this the fourth, uh, the second half has been all uh, Packers here. Yeah, now it's, you know, the better teams rising, the better quarterback. Not too surprising, but anyway, back on to college. Iowa got their – they got their W like you expect. They got Colorado State. Uh, living in Colorado, I don't know a lot about Colorado State. I just know they usually are not a good team. So this, They're not very good. No, you hope this is just another layup for Iowa. Get to 4-0, then got Maryland, and then hopefully both teams – few weeks yeah, now, Penn State you know, and them are both undefeated. Yeah, they'll be uh... – around a top five matchup if both teams are still undefeated just somebody's going to lose there you know just you know it, it was kind of funny I saw a stat today I was reading something that uh, last week so not this Saturday but the September 11th the day of the Iowa State game if you go back to 1998 the top five teams were Tennessee 
Florida State, Ohio State. Um, I can't remember. Maybe it was uh, Nebraska. Maybe ninety eight. Nebraska. Nebraska would have won that game. Uh, Texas, maybe because they would have had Ricky Williams. I think. Okay. Uh, but whatever it was, the top five USC because USC lost to Sanford. Like the top five teams in the country all lost to teams. You know, it was you know obviously Oregon was not what they were. Um, Florida State, you know lost to Jacksonville state, you know, the teams, those five teams in 1998 would have uh, beat those teams that they lost to. And it wasn't even close, you know, and just, you know, how times have changed and, you know, and, th- and this is what we talked about with Iowa state. And we've talked about it several times on here. Their history is not good, but you think about if they can get Campbell to stay and they, they keep, you know, essentially the power five, thing in 20 years you know are they going to be a clemson you know yes clemson has a national championship in like 1980 or 1981 but you know if you go from about 1985 to 2005 clemson wasn't very good i mean it wasn't what they are now i mean they were never horrible but they weren't you know the number one getting number one recruits and five-star recruits every day just wasn't happening no that they had up and down years so and now we've we've seen the step that they've taken. Uh, of course, they don't look very good the past few weeks. Clemson doesn't, but yeah, yeah if you know, if Iowa State, let's just say for example, if Campbell does stay there another ten years, call it. I just don't know. If, even if they could get to that level, that that's a big task. And oh yeah, it's, it's getting people to Iowa. And to me, if Iowa State can get eight or nine wins a year consistently, I th- I think that's a big win for them. Oh, yeah. And, and then the other stat I read today was uh, with the win on uh, Saturday night, Matt Campbell is the third winningest coach in Iowa State history. <laughs> and, and the tweet and the, and the joke was, that's awesome and horrible at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah, it shows you the history. Yeah. Uh, which we know about. So, again, yeah. it's the good. The thing is to hold on to Campbell, like you said, yeah. keep him around as long as possible, pay him whatever, literally just about pay him whatever you have to to keep him there. Well, and, and I know, you know, the joke and thing is, is the black uniforms and stuff. And, and as Jamie Pollard has said, it is cheaper to buy uniforms than to keep paying Matt Campbell more and more and more. So if he wants black uniforms, they're going to have them. Yeah. Whatever Campbell wants, give it, give it to him. <laughs> uh, you know, whether or not it makes a difference on the game, but yeah, it just, you know, yes, he's not, he hasn't beat Iowa yet. That's fine. But he is their best coach in our lifetime, I think that's pretty easy to say. So whatever it takes, keep him there. You know, I'm, I'm sure if he stays long enough, he'll probably beat Iowa at some point. We'll see how that all turns out. But the goal is just keep him there one step at a time, keep having winning seasons and get to bowl games. And eventually the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. So really, you know, kind of, you know, I, the one game that I, I thought was super interesting that's kind of outside is the Oklahoma Nebraska game. You know, game of the century. Um, you know, I remember watching that game. It was always the day after Thanksgiving, you know, from probably 1985 to about, you know, 2000. You know, that was the game. I mean, both teams were always really good. And, at, you know, I have an uncle that lives in Nebraska, and he's a big Nebraska fan, and usually he'd be back. And, and we'd, we'd go pheasant in the morning, early, like 8 o'clock, and then the game was always on around noon, you know, 11, noon, whatever. And – 
that's what we did. That that was that was Thanksgiving. That was the day after Thanksgiving. I always went pheasant hunting on my grandpa's farm, and then we watched you know Oklahoma, Nebraska. That's I mean that that just brings back. And so um, and again, I didn't watch a lot of that game either, um, but uh, you know just real close. And and Oklahoma, much like Clemson, uh, you know Oklahoma's undefeated, but they haven't played a team like Georgia. Uh, they haven't looked very good, and so. You know, Iowa State necessarily hasn't looked great either, uh, but I don't think looking into the Big 12 or anything, nothing has changed. It should still be them in Oklahoma. Um, maybe even you could almost say uh, Iowa State's maybe looked a little better because, I, I mean, they lost a 10-point game to the number five team in the country, you know. Uh, so we'll see there. But uh, that's this couldn't kind of really the other thing. So let's go ahead and move on to the NFL. Uh, the big headlines of the NFL is just how many great games there are. You know, the Thursday night game between Washington and, and New York, last second, you know, walk off, you know, yesterday, you know, last night was essentially a walk off. Chiefs had it. They fumble, you know, they go down. Everybody's seen it today. Harbaugh. Lamar, Lamar, you want to go for it? And obviously he said yes, and they go for it, get the win. Um, and then, you know, the Vikings lose on another kick that they missed. Um, the Seahawks lose in overtime or just on the last second? Overtime, overtime right? Overtime, yep. Yep. Um, so, I mean, just great football, you know. Um, you know, Buffalo came back and, and looked much more like themselves. Green Bay is looking much more like themselves. The Saints, who looked unbelievable last week, couldn't do anything this week. Um, you know, it's it's just some things are getting reset. That first week was a little bit haywire, and it always is, um, college, NFL. Uh, but things are kind of getting back to maybe where they should be. Yeah, it's always overreaction. The first two, three weeks, yep. it it's tough not to overreact, but you're right. A lot of good games, a lot of penalties. There's, yeah, the penalties are a little bit out of control. I didn't, I don't know if you got a chance to see the Dallas Chargers game at all. I did not see any of that game. That was one I watched quite a bit of, and Dallas looked. I mean, Dallas was flying around. I, I said last episode I was curious if they could keep up their intensity on defense, be flying around, and and Dallas was a better team in that game. I thought their their defense looks really good. Total difference out of last year. They won the turnover battle. They did have a little coaching error at the end of the game. I don't know if you saw highlights or heard about that at all. It was they still won, but it was it was yeah not good. I I, I heard that there was another and McCarthy has been known for having clock issues and just end the game issues. That's uh, nothing new for him. Um, you know, and he has a Super Bowl, so I mean he knows what he's doing, uh, but. Uh, that's I, I heard there was something I couldn't tell you what it was or whatever. Basically, the the Cowboys got the ball back with I think it was a little over a minute or under, and they're driving down the field. Anyway, they have got about a thirty seconds or so on the clock. They have a timeout, and they don't run another play. And it was third down, so they let the clock run all the way down to four seconds. Called the timeout and had to kick a fifty-six yard field goal to win the game rather than even just trying to run the ball up the middle for two or three yards or run a quick pass play. But with 30 seconds or so left on the clock, 
you don't want to leave it to a 56 yard field goal to win the game. And, you know, you don't want to go to overtime. So uh, Greg Zerlin, the Cowboys kicker, he bailed them out on that one because that's, that's yeah. a long kick to win a game. There's a lot of pressure there. Yeah. After the game, McCarthy was talking. He's like, well, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, he said, well, camera got in his way. So he couldn't see the game clock. And I was looking at a different clock. It just sounded like a lot of uh, excuses or poor coaching at that point, which in my opinion, it, not that I'm a big Dallas or anything, but it would have made me mad because Dallas, both sides ball played really well. I was, that was really impressive, and they did not deserve to potentially lose that game on a coaching error like that, which it clearly was. And, and that's where, you know, I, I've never been a head coach, but, you know, and that's where Kellen Moore, D coordinator, special teams, somebody's got to over, almost override McCarthy and say, hey, we got to call a timeout. Or, or McCarthy has to, one or the other. Somebody has to call a timeout or do something there. Yeah, I mean, somebody just has to step in and say, hey, well, this isn't right. You know, and, and maybe he doesn't have the staff that does that. They're all under him and it's his way or no way. And that's just how he operates. I mean, I, I don't know that. Um, but somebody's got to step in or, or there needs to be some serious meeting of the minds today with Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones and saying, hey, this cannot happen. Um, I know there are some coaches, especially in the NFL, that bring in coaches that do time management. Um, a lot of times like a retired coach, you know, someone, uh, you know, I don't even know who, who would be, but, a, a bill cower or somebody like that, that's not on TV that would come back in and just sit there that knows what they're doing, um, and just sit in there for the game, you know, and, and help them out and stuff, not necessarily part of the staff, but would help during the game for time management, game management. They need something because that team played way too good to potentially, you know, 56 yards. That's easily a missable field goal. And then you go to overtime and lose. They, they played way too good. I that that was more impressive the Cowboys than almost any other team this weekend, as much as I like to make fun of them. So that kicker build McCarthy and that staff out because if he misses that and they lose in overtime, and that's the only thing we're hearing about on national TV all week because they'd be 0 and 2. So that that was a good win. I, I thought the team played excellent. Minus the penalties, they had eight. But, of course, around the league right now, every it seems like every team's got a bunch of penalties. It's getting a little out of hand. And in that game alone, the Cowboys and Chargers, which was a really good game, there was 20 penalties, I believe it was. Yeah, that's what I, I – and then a lot of uh, unsportsmanlike conduct and stuff like that, penalties, which has been a point of emphasis and stuff. And, and that's a whole other deb debate and everything. But So if, if you had to say who is your most impressive team – you know, I would say the Cowboys probably the most impressive compared to what I thought they were, but I don't know if they're the most impressive overall. Is that Tampa with their, you know, offensive show so far? They got this Brady has nine touchdowns already through two games. Yeah, I, I'm pulling up the sayings right now. I'd say the most surprising, impressive team that I've seen is the Raiders. Okay. Yeah. They, they had to play Baltimore at home week one, which are at home, but still, that's a tough game. And then they went to Pittsburgh and they pushed Pittsburgh around, which I was surprised because I actually thought Vegas would have a letdown after such an emotional win. They go on the road to a tough team like that. So I guess my my surprise team so far is the Raiders. Uh, they've really, you know, they, they look a lot better than I thought they would. And then as far as dominant teams, I don't know if there is one. I mean, yeah, Tampa looks good, but they've, they've had 
20 or so penalties in their games. So they're not, they're not buttoned up completely like they were last year. And I don't know if there is any team yet that I'm ready to just go, man, they look like the best, the best. I think what it is, is like most years, there's going to be a couple surprise teams that do well, a couple that we think are going to be good and don't, but yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's going to be the usual suspects at the end of the year. The the whole NFC West is probably going to be there. Mm-hmm. Seahawks, even though Seahawks lost a kind of a heartbreaker, that was surprising to see. But, you know, that whole conference is going to have teams there. Again, it's early. Week four or five, we'll know a little bit more. You know, you got some teams like Carolina that's 2-0. You got the Raiders. You got Denver. We'll know more here in about three or four weeks. What do you think uh, of Sam Darnold? and his uh, play and stuff. And essentially, you know, the joke is, is he plays, he looks a lot better now that he's just out of New York. And when you don't have the worst O coordinator, the worst head coach, the worst, you know, O line, the worst, <laughs> when you don't have the worst, you don't look as bad. He's got a lot of help. He's got Matt rule, which yep. I know you're not the biggest fan, but he, he is a good coach. And no, he's, he's a good coach. I just don't think he's a very good person because okay. I think he's a jerk, I got but he can coach. Got- I mean, he can coach. He won a temple. And then he, he won at Baylor after their mess. I mean, I, I mean, you wouldn't want to take that over. And now, you know, obviously it's still early in his NFL career, but you, you don't get those jobs out being good. And he got Joe Brady, his offensive coordinator, came from LSU. And I heard the stat today driving that since Matt Rule took over that job, Carolina has at least three and outs of any team in the league. It's not Chiefs or Packers or whoever you expect. So, uh, Sam Darnold looks really good. It's only two weeks. Um, they're at Houston and at Dallas the next couple of weeks. You know, Houston looks a little better than we thought. Say, Houston looks better. better than they're not the dumpster fire you thought they were going to be, Trevor. No, I, I think I think the, the players, at least on that staff, are probably a little ticked off that everyone was just writing them off. Yeah, as I was just thinking it was a mess, and that's that's an okay team. It appears. So we'll see what happens in the next few weeks, but Sam Darnold looks like a totally different quarterback now. Right. And he's like, actually got talent around him. And, and there's, there's, a, there's a few things going on there. And I just want to get your thing. Okay. So LSU, since Joe Brady left, has not been good. It's a good but, look for him for future jobs. Well, and, and that's, and then obviously, I think every quarterback would look better getting away from New York and being with some better coaches. And, and that's where, you know, I think we had this conversation, you know, last week you put, you know, some of these quarterbacks that failed, like, you know, a David Carr that was with Houston when they started, not, not Derek, David's David, his brother, and these quarterbacks that have just never gotten a chance. I mean, you know, some of them, you know, started off bad or whatever, but then got a chance but there's been certain quarterbacks that just never, never were with a good team and just never had that chance. And you just wonder what could have been. Yeah. And Sam Darnold doesn't have to stick in with the jets now for the, you know, the next five years he got out of there and you look at Zach Wilson for the jets. He had five or four picks mm-hmm. on Sunday against the Patriots, which is not surprising. That's what Bill no. Belichick does to young quarterbacks. So we'll we'll see how it it goes for him, but it's it's a good start. It's like a a new life for the guy, and I don't know Sam Darnold, Carolina. Maybe that's one of those teams that gets in the playoffs and maybe even wins a game that we didn't expect going into the right into the year. But you're right with Joe Brady. I mean, this 
this can't look any better for him. LSU struggling. They're doing good there. He's rumored for a USC position potentially, which, yeah, he's got to be at the top of the list, I would say, just by looking at it all. So it, it's a good look for uh, for Joe Brady. Right. I mean, it's just whatever he touches turns to gold. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you can do it, do it. There's Jared Goff running for 30 years. <laughs> He's not fast. <laughs> oh, I just thought throw a pick. Am I behind or ahead of you? I was staring at the screen we were talking. About. Must be ahead of me because he just ran for 30 yards. Well, and sorry, Rod Rodgers Rodgers is talking to him. <laughs> he just threw a pick from what I saw. So Okay. Well, yes, I'm on, I, I stream everything, so I'm probably in behind every, you know. I typically do too, but I'm at a hotel tonight. Um, yeah. so maybe I am just a touch ahead of you here. But yeah, no, uh for NFL, I mean, just getting back to uh I think I told you before we started, I went two, two, and one on my spread picks. Yep. Now I'm seven, eight, and one on the year. I haven't had a chance to look at them. It's been kind of a crazy day. So I think I'm gonna text you here. In the next day or two, my picks. That way, there's no Mickey Mouse. Yeah, and I and I can put them going on because this is a serious show here. You know. Yeah, yeah, we're super serious, <laughs> and I can. Uh, I'll uh, put them on our Twitter on on Morgan Yash for okay. Twitter. I can put them on that, and that way they'll be there for everybody to see, and no funny business. Yeah, I, I figure if I text you, then it's legit, and nobody thinks I'm trying to uh, cheat my way out of a bad record. What I already know is going to happen. So, a um, few things. I mean. Getting back to Tom Brady, he had five touchdowns on Sunday. And I believe I heard a stat today that he's 14 touchdowns away from having more passing touchdowns in his 40s than he ever had in his 20s. When did he start playing? Was he 25? I think 24 is when he 24. took over. 24? Um, I could be wrong on that. But and that doesn't say that he's so much better now. It's just. Well, we're throwing the ball more and, say, and he is better than he was in his twenties, but now this is really bad, but he's been playing so long that the NFL is different today than it was when he started. <laughs> he's almost played in three. Just it's crazy. Every stat you hear about him, you just, it goes in one ear and out the other because there's so many. Like I, I usually I would know how many MVPs a quarterback has or Super Bowl MVPs, right? right. Kind of like NBA championships or NBA MVPs with, with Brady. It's just, you can't even keep track of everything that he's got unless you're truly a big time fan of him and you just memorize everything. It just that's the Brady effect. He's yeah, well, he's probably he, he, I mean, his first Super Bowl he went to was 20 years ago. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. Some of these guys, well, the the lineman from Oregon that is it with uh the Lions, the youngest player in the NFL, he's 20. Yeah, he, he might have been born after. Brady played in his first uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, he might not even been born yet. Which, well, it, and, and then crazy. And then I know Runyon, one of the Packers linemen, he played mm -hmm. with his dad at Michigan. Yep. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it, it really is. And he's still really good. It's not like he's hanging on. I mean, he's not no, he's hanging got, on. He's got nine or ten touchdowns on the year already. Brady does yeah. in two games. So it, and he, and you spoke about Sam Darnold kind of having a rebound, uh, going to Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is actually older than Sam Darnold. I think so. So that shows you how long that Sam Darnold's been in the league. And right. is he really now, is he turning his career around? Right. And speaking of, you know, Joe Burrow 
the Bengals versus the Bears. I was actually hoping that was going to be one of the games I got in Colorado, and it wasn't because I still got Hulu TV, and I just – the only game I got in that early session was Broncos-Jags, which was fine. But right. I was actually hoping to get Bengals and Bears. Didn't get that, but I saw Andy Dalton got hurt. Fields got in. Burrow threw some picks. I didn't know if you saw much from that game or not. No. I, Tyler plays soccer and baseball every Sunday, so football is kind of out right now. But, uh, no, and and – you know, blessing in disguise, Dalton gets hurt, Fields has to come in. How hurt is Andy Dalton? Do you say he's really hurt and he just play Fields? Or how do you do that? But it, it may take a little bit of the coach's decision out of this if he really is hurt. Yeah, I mean, if he's really hurt for next week, then obviously you're going to go Fields. I think the coaches are going to try to keep it under wraps, even if they have a decision made right now. Just, mm-hmm. you know, you want to keep the defense coordinator Yep. guessing of who's going to be playing, what the plan is. So I'm not that I hope that Andy Dalton's hurt, but I actually kind of do because I want to see Fields in there yeah. run around making plays. Uh, I, I think his time is coming. It's just it's just a matter of time. And Yeah, it's just when. Yeah, it's just when, you know, looking at it next week. Like I said, I haven't had a lot of time. I texted you earlier today that my schedule is kind of crazy this week with my boss and some coworkers coming to town, but looking over the schedule, we got Panthers at the Texans on Thursday night. I think the Texans are going to be without Tyron Taylor. Yeah, that's what I, I heard. I saw that today. That hamstring so, or something. I think Panthers got a chance to get the three and zero if they can win that one. Looking at some other games, the Bears are at the Browns. If Fields does start that game, it's going to be that's a tough one to start at. Typically, you wouldn't stay that against the Browns, but they're a much improved team. I think the Browns might be without Jarvis Landry. He had an MCL sprain. I haven't heard how severe it is. But OBJ could be back by that game, too. We'll have to see what happens over the next day or two on that one. Yeah. Chargers are at the Chiefs. Both teams are one and one which I, I think both those are really good teams. Obviously, after this week, one of them is going to go to one and two. A game to look out for versus the, uh, the winless teams. The Falcons 0-2 at the Giants. So I, I think this is a game if the Giants lose, I could see Joe Judge and that staff losing the locker room. The receivers have already been reporting that. Kadarius Tony has been posting on Instagram, the rookie receiver that they drafted out of Florida. He's not happy. And Kadarius Tony was yelling on the sidelines. So, again, with the extra days that the Giants have had, they probably need to win this game. Right. Because the Falcons have looked as bad as any team in the league. Right. I, I would agree with that. And the Giants are up there, too. I mean, not that the Giants have looked great, but this is at home. They've had extra days of rest. Joe Judge and that staff, they need to win this game. Um, again, I said I'm not going to make my spread picks or my upsets yet, but just looking at this, I see the Bengals are at the Steelers. I could maybe see myself taking that one for an upset pick of the week. See what happens there. The <laughs> – the poor Jets. And lucky for the Broncos. The Broncos had a favorable schedule. They've had to go on the road two weeks, but they played two what appears to be bad teams. Now they have the Jets at home. And we know the Broncos' record is just insane in September when they're at home. And right. I, don't, I don't know what the – well, actually, I can see it now. Yeah, the Broncos are favored by 11 points. That's probably going to be one of my plays because I think the Jets are just that's awful. an awful team right now. And, and I don't know if Zach Wilson's good or not, but – He's just got nothing to work with right now. They've right. Had, they've probably had more injuries than anybody 
49ers are up there, but they're they're one of those teams that have just had just insane injuries. Yeah. Getting into further in the schedule, we got the Bucks at the Rams. Both those teams are undefeated. So one of them's gonna get the three and one of them have their first loss of the year. We'll see if the Bucks can get their penalties under control. Again, this is a big primetime game for, for Matt Stafford. There's a lot of people said, well, if he was really that good, he'd win more games in Detroit. You know, there's that kind of argument to it. So we'll see how he shows up in this big, not a primetime game, but it's an afternoon game. It's against Tom Brady. He he needs to show up and play well in that one. Seahawks are at the Vikings. Seahawks lost a heartbreaker yeah. against Tennessee. That doesn't really happen that often for Russell Wilson and those guys at home. Vikings are 0-2. They don't want to go to 0-3. They've, they've had two close games, so they're right there. That That's a big one. Sunday night game is we're looking at 2-0 or 1-1 Packers, right? Yes. They're yeah, yeah. Yep, they're going to win. So 1-1 Packers at the 2-0 49ers. We'll see if Green Bay gets some momentum going. And then the Monday night game is the Cowboys hosting the Eagles. Eagles looked really good week one, came back down to earth week two. And this is this is big. Like I said, the Cowboys getting that win yesterday was huge because now they're they have three straight home games. So whatever it is exactly, but they're they're at home in their own bets for 26 or whatever it is straight days. And they've got Philadelphia, Carolina, and New York, which are all winnable games, in my opinion, for them. So they can they can get out to a four and one start if if all goes well. Yeah. Uh, nope, should be good. But no, other than that, like I said, I'll I know it's kind of a quick one. We're doing it a day or two earlier than we normally do. We still got NFL football going on, but no, it, we'll we'll find out here in a few weeks. Like I said, there's there's some teams that look good that one or two of them is probably not going to look as good as the end of the year and vice versa. There's some teams that are struggling or maybe forgotten about that'll, that'll appear at the end of the year, the regular season. Yep, absolutely. And then, you know, this weekend is going to be crazy for me. I'm driving up to Wisconsin. I'm going to go uh, watch uh, the Ryder cup. And so that'll be uh, a lot of driving for a little bit of watching, but I think it'll be fun. So we're at, is that exactly whistling Whistling Straits, about an Whistling hour. Straits, but yeah. where do you know where that's at? It's just, state, though. yeah, it's just a little bit north of Milwaukee, like 40 okay. minutes. Okay. So it's, it's, it's right on the, bit. yep, right on the lake. It's about six hours from here. Okay. That's not bad. I, I saw some pictures on Facebook. I was meant to take a screenshot for you, but looks like they got the stands all set up, of oh, course. Yeah. And I've got, I've gotten, I downloaded, they have a on site app that you can use and then the Ryder cup app and everything it tells yeah i uh, saw where to park and get there about six in the morning on saturday morning i think so you may as well i i, I get there as early as you can and well that's what the, the parking is from six to seven because i think the tee off at like 7 30 that that's probably true they because they got to play 30 because they got to play potentially 36 you mm -hmm. know so, oh, that would be fun. I'd, I'd love to go to Ryder Cup. I know I've heard some people say it's a little more crowded, but because well, you know, there's less groups, but there, there's not much weird. golf. There, if you really want to think, but there's not a lot of golf. There's only four groups off at a time. I mean, each session. So it's like 7 30, 7 50. I mean, it's like they're done teeing off at 8 30, and then they go again in the afternoon. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, there's only four groups at a time. 
Um, so yeah, not everybody, there's not a lot of, uh, and I talked to Steve Hicks. I know, you know, Steve and, and, uh, he's like at the beginning, you know, kind of walk around see what you want to see and everything and do all that. And, but then, you know, later in the day, go, go pick out a spot and just watch it. He goes, it'll be good. He may be, you know, you may have to sit and wait for a little bit, but they'll have, he said, they'll have TV screens and stuff for you to watch. And he goes, you know, pick out a spot and, and just kind of watch and, and enjoy it. So. Yeah. Get one of those holes on at least 14, 15, 16, where, you know, they're still going to be playing hopefully yeah. and you get to see kind of all the groups come. Uh, and, and he said the two best holes in the course are 17 and 18. He goes, those are awesome holes. He goes, the problem is, is they don't, they won't necessarily always get there. You know? Right. He goes, they might. And so he goes out of the eight groups that'll play on the day, probably six of them will get to 18. He goes, he, he goes, he goes, a couple won't, uh, but he goes, six of them probably will. And he goes, but 18 is pretty cool. And then, you know, he goes, obviously, if you can get in on number one, you know, if you get there and can get a spot somewhere around one to see the first person tee off, he goes, try to do that too. But yeah, they'll be chanting USA. And, oh yeah. You know, I, I've got stuff. my, I got my, we'll see, you know, when we play in those Ryder cups, we wore USA stuff one time. So I'll, I'll be wearing all that stuff. Well, you got the, you got that pole that everybody oh, bought. Yeah. Even yep. I, even I bought one and I wasn't even around yep. for the, for the match. I wasn't even living in Iowa night. Zach was like, does anybody else, I think it was Zach or Brett, but yeah. anybody else want one of these uh, red, white, and blues? I'm like, yeah, it looks pretty cool. I'll yeah. So you. I'm going to wear that. And then we got the, the, you know, red, red, white, and blue Oakley hat. And so, yeah, I'll have my red, white, and blue on and we'll go and we'll have fun. And it, it's, it'll be, it's my dad and I, and then my dad's cousin and, and it's my dad's birthday actually on Saturday. So that's kind of the number one reason why we're going. So it'll be good. Well, hope it's a good day. Hope the Iowa teams get their wins. And, you know, next week we'll probably have more of a normal podcast on a Tuesday or Wednesday, but yep, like I said, have fun up there and go with the teams in Iowa and we'll see what happens. All right. Thanks a lot, Trev. We'll talk to you later. Yep. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to Morgan You Asked For podcast. If you like what you hear, click the like button or hit subscribe if you want to hear more episodes from Morgan You Asked For podcast. Also, if you would like to comment or with any show ideas or anything, please contact me at Morgan You Asked For podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at Ryan Morgan 34.